This is Dr. Jaila, known as Pastor J of Ambassadors for Christ Ministries globally. And welcome to AFCM Online Podcast. Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Give God some praise. Give God some praise, everyone. I apologize to my social media audience. I know you've been waiting for some time. I am sorry we had some technical glitches because we are trying to establish, set up a new system here to get more clarity in the audio and video because remember, we are meeting in a rented space. This is not our own space. It's rented and so we're trying to make sure this comes to you at the best level possible. That takes time, it takes money, and uh, you know what I'm talking about. And we only have here, only on a Saturday morning we come here to meet, so it takes some time to set this up. But anyway, it's good to be in the house of the Lord. Somebody say praise the Lord. Praise the most holy God, for God is good. And all the time. Here we are live from the Bronx, New York, United States of America. So to all my friends and family and well-wishers and supporters and whatever you are, or those who you don't even like me, that is beautiful, beautiful. I bring you greetings from the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Today's message, I really hope you will listen. This is not an easy message to speak on. No, no, no. This is a very challenging message for me to give it, not because, not because the message itself is challenging, but because speaking to a diverse international audience, people are going to take this in different ways. And I know beforehand that some of you will be offended. But that's okay because Jesus, every time he spoke, he offended a few. Did you know that? Amen? So, as I begin this message, I want everybody to know that the purpose of my message is to simply do one thing. To proclaim Christ and the Word of God. Christ and the Bible. Take this Bible in your right hand, please, everybody. Take this Bible. If your Bible is a, is a computer or whatever it is, take it in some hand and say it with me. This is the Word of God. I believe it. I will study it. I will teach it. I will preach it. I will live for it. I will die for it. In the name of Yeshua. Amen. Amen. And amen. Praise His holy name. Yes, again, welcome to all of you in the live audience and welcome to those of you in the social media world who are listening to me right now or who at some point will be listening to this message. My subject today is not popular, never has been, and I suppose I can say never will be. In fact, whenever this message comes up, this topic comes up, many will be offended. But I have to run that risk if I'm going to be faithful to Christ. My responsibility is not to be faithful to people, but to Christ. Do I hear amen? So I must preach this message. I have no choice. As I was debating this past week, what shall I preach on and talking to the Lord about that and praying to the Lord. This has been on my heart for actually two or three weeks now, and this is where I am now. Amen. I must take this risk of offending you for a few reasons. One, because this topic is in the Bible. How about that? Is that a good enough reason? In fact, that's the only reason. Think about it. It's in the Bible. If it's in the Bible, then I should preach about it. That's one. Second reason, 
It is extremely urgent in these days. Here in August 2020, <coughs> as the world is still under something called COVID-19 lockdown. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes, and people don't have a clue what really is going on. Well, most people don't. Most people, like gullible sheep, simply accept whatever the government says. People, I'm amazed sometimes to see the level of gullibility and naivete in most human beings. It's frightening. Quite frankly, frightening. The third reason why I must preach this message, it, I'm a servant of the Lord Yeshua. Amen. I must teach and preach biblical truths whether or not the audience likes it. Even if the whole world is offended, I must preach it. Do I amen to that? But I want you to know this. I'm doing this in love for you and to honor my Lord. I'm not preaching this because I'm better than anybody. No, no, no. I have a responsibility, a holy and sacred task to preach only the Bible, the Word of God. No, I didn't get a dream last night. I didn't get a vision last night. God, I didn't hear God's voice thundering from Mount Sinai last night. No, none of those things happen. I simply hear God's voice every day by studying his word. How about that? Some of us don't realize that. Every time you open the Bible, God is speaking. Every time you open the Bible, God is speaking. The problem is that many people don't open the Bible or they open the Bible only to one or two of their favorite verses. The Bible is God's word from Genesis to Revelation. Do I hear amen? amen? Genesis to Revelation. Not the sweet portions you like. Not the portions that people misapply, where people take scriptures from the Old Testament out of context and they try to make them apply to New Testament Christians or, or vice versa, as the case may be. No, beloved, I'm talking about a subject today that is absolutely urgent essential, critical, and will offend many, especially in the Christian community. This message is for Christians, real Christians, and the half-baked ones. If you get my drift, I'm not, I don't judge who is half-baked or fully baked, by the way, but I know there are some in the body of Christ who are false, so they really don't belong to the body of Christ. My topic today is beware of false prophets. Beware of false prophets. Beware of false prophets. And by extension, that would also include false pastors, false teachers, false preachers, and by extension, false Christians. But the primary focus is false prophets. You know, somebody asked me recently on Facebook, do apostles and prophets still exist? And I gave the person a biblical answer. I don't know if... She accepted it or not. I, got, I didn't get a response. But hopefully this message will help you understand. Today, there are lots of people. By the way, there are people who, uh, when COVID-19 began back in March, at least back in March in the USA, because it had begun in China back in December of last year. But when it began and we had locked down, there were some me mega pastors. I would not even mention the name. I'm not here to knock any pastor, any great man of God, quote-unquote. But I, 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 I am dealing with theology, the Word of God. Do I, amen? amen? I'm not here to please a person or please an organization. I'm here, well, I should correct it. I'm here to please a person, God, Christ. Amen? Amen. So it will offend people, but these, 
this particular individual and others like him subsequently have said, we will have a cure for this disease by the end of March. And some by the end of April. And by the end of, the Lord spoke to me and gave me a word that we will have a cure by the end of April, by the end of May, by the end of June, by the end of July. We in August now, the Lord gave you a word for us. Be careful. Whenever a, a man, a woman, stands up and says, God gave me a word, that's a dangerous thing to say. Because if God gave you a word, then what you said must come to pass. Listen well. If God gave me a word, if I said to you, listen well, if I said, brethren, beloved, God gave me a word last night, and it's in my heart, and I'm going to share it with you. God said to me that at the end of August, this disease will be done. Now, brethren, if that, the end of August comes, watch me. If the end, when, not if, <coughs> when August is over, and if the disease is not terminated, then I have lied to you. God did not give me a word, and therefore, by biblical definition, I'm a false prophet. And by biblical law, I should be stoned to death. Deuteronomy chapter 18. I will not go there. Yet there are pastors who have done that, and nobody has stoned them to death yet. Okay, I'm kidding. We don't want to stone them to death. But my point is this. Even though they are, were wrong and are wrong, still they have millions of followers and millions of dollars. What is wrong with the Christians out there? Why do you not study the Bible for yourselves? And why do you not listen to men who are faithful to the word of God, not for the sake of money? Not for the sake of anything, but for the glory of God. Hallelujah. The only word God gives me is when I study this book. Hallelujah. How about that? Do I hear amen? I've been doing ministry for 40 years now. 4-0. It's not like I got a vision to be a pastor last night. I ordained myself and I became a pastor. No, it doesn't work that way. Real pastors are men called by God and anointed with an unction from God to teach, to preach the word of God. Amen? Amen? So let's talk about this. What I will do to make this very simple for you to grasp, I will look at some scriptures from the New Testament, from Jesus, from Paul, from Peter, and then I'll go to the Old Testament and show you a lot, an example of what false prophecies are. And your, it's your responsibility as I preach today as I teach, for you to put them together. Now, there are many of you who would like me to tell you the list of false prophets in America today. I could do that, but I would not. You see, here's the problem. If I give you the long list, many of you out there are going to start calling me bad names. I don't need the bad name calling. Why don't you do the research after I've done the presentation? Why don't you go on YouTube and, and, and Google it and get some of the things that some of the famous pastors have said, and measure what they have said against the Bible. Measure and evaluate what they have said in terms of their prophetic utterances against the inspired word of God. And if you see a disparity or a discrepancy, then you know that they can't be of God. Do I hear amen? Oh, I know a lot of them. Oh, yeah. I have studied them a lot for a long time. 
I will not budge. I will not flinch. And I will not change the word of God for one dollar or a million dollars. I think all of you know that here. All of you know that. Um, Paul and Peter and James and John never changed the word of God to please the audience. A pastor who preaches to please an audience is not serving Christ. He is serving himself only. Do you know that? So Matthew, let's go to Matthew chapter 7. <coughs> let's start with Jesus himself, Yeshua. Matthew chapter 7. You, those of you listening to me right now, social media, you may want to ask your friends to listen. Let them, you will be offended. That's okay. Let me, by the way, let me make another point. <laughs> Avoiding the truth or ignoring the truth does not change the truth or remove the truth. Do you get it? You could avoid the truth, you could ignore the truth, but it doesn't change the truth. Doesn't change the truth and doesn't remove the truth. The truth is the truth and will be truth tomorrow also. Amen? So, Jesus said, Matthew chapter 7, very simple. Matthew 7, verse 15, I'll read one or two verses. Matthew 7, verse 15, Beware of false prophets. <coughs> Beware of false prophets. Now watch, these are the words not of Pastor Jay. This is, these are the words of our Lord and Savior, the head of the church, right? Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing. Notice they don't come to you in wolf's clothing. A wolf does more damage to the flock when the wolf comes in sheep's clothing. Because then he's allowed to come in and enter into the innermost sanctuary, so to speak. If he were a wolf in wolf's clothing and we see him from afar, we would immediately alert everybody and say, hey, shut the door. But when the wolf comes in sheep's clothing, uh-oh, we don't know that he or she is a wolf until half of the congregation have been stolen, <laughs> uh, deceived. Are you with me now? Amen? So Jesus said, watch this, beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravenous wolves. Can you imagine Jesus coming today and preaching this in a church? Can you imagine the response he would get? You are so judgmental, Jesus. You are so unloving. How can you say something like that? You mean man. We're going to crucify you for that. And I, I have my people who support what I teach on Facebook. And I have the, the skeptics and those who are critical. And there are those who are critical who say, well, you are not preaching the love of God, really? I preach what Jesus preached and you tell me I'm not preaching the love of God. Pray, tell me what's the love of God. See you walking into hell and say, it's okay, you can go. It's okay, walk right into hell. That's very loving. I just uh, loving the fact that you're enjoying your walk. And I know it's going to take you to hell, but that's okay. <laughs> which parent, which parent, as you see your child growing up, all of us here can relate to this. You see your child entering into a, a friendship or relationship that's dangerous. Which parent says, that's okay. I don't mind if he gets killed. You know, he will learn after he's killed. Don't you try to stop the child from entering that relationship? Don't you stop the child from going to that place where he or she can be endangered and lose a limb and life? Of course. Well, a good shepherd does the same thing with the sheep. Amen? So he says, beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, 
but inwardly they are ravenous wolves. Ravenous. Who used that adjective? Jesus. Ravenous wolves. Not just wolves, they are ravenous. You will know them by their fruits. Do men gather grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Even so, every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. And he was giving some understanding. But let me explain one word for you, fruits. When we use the word, when Christ used the word fruits here, exactly what did he have in mind? Fruits. Well, fruits include doctrine and deeds. Fruits are not just deeds. They're also doctrines. How do I know? It's in the Bible. Everything I preach is from the Bible. Uh, all of you know that by now for years. I preach only from the Bible. I take my time to carefully understand expository preaching is called taking a verse from the Bible within its original context and where necessary, where necessary, even looking at the original language, the Hebrew or the Greek to understand the original meaning. Are you with me here? So watch this. By their fruits, I say that means deeds and doctrines. Yes, doctrines are important. How do I know? It's in the Bible. Christ himself talked about it. Matthew chapter 16, watch. I just tried to explain the word here, fruits, so you see where we are going with the message and you don't get carried away. Now, you may have preconceived notions as you listen. I ask you to suspend your preconceived notions and let the Bible speak to you. Let the Bible speak to you. Amen? Let the Bible speak to you. Don't let your denomination speak to you. Don't let the famous celebrity preacher preach to you. Let the Bible speak to you. Let's go to the Matthew chapter 16. Watch this, verse 5. Matthew 16, verse 5. <laughs> this is an interesting, interesting indeed. Uh, when his disciples had come, verse 5, when this, his disciples had come to the other side, they had forgotten to take bread. Okay, that's literal, bread. Jesus said to them, take heed and beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and Sadducees. Don't forget, the Pharisees and Sadducees were very religious people. We have this feeling, everybody who's religious is reliable. Are you kidding me? Some of the worst people in the world are religious. And religion is used as, as a disguise and as a mask. It's like wearing a face mask. Hey, all of us are familiar with that now, aren't we? Many Christians wear masks. Many religious people wear masks. Underneath that mask is a demon, is a crook, a ravenous wolf. I didn't say those words. Jesus did. Jesus did. So they were taken aback. What does it mean, the leaven? The leaven? Okay. Verse 7. And the reason among themselves saying, it is because we have taken no bread. But Jesus, being aware of it, said to them, Oh, ye of little faith, why do you reason among yourselves because you have brought no bread? Do you not yet understand or remember the five loaves of the five thousand? And how many baskets you took up? Nor the seven loaves of the four thousand, and how many large baskets you took up? How is it you do not understand? Now watch carefully, church. The same question that Jesus asked then, I think he can ask now. How is it you do not understand that I did not speak to you concerning bread? So wait a minute. He talked about bread. But Christ said, no, I didn't really mean that. I meant something else. Mm, what? Here we go. Next verse. But, but, 
How is it, verse 11, how is it that you don't understand that I didn't speak to you concerning bread, but to beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and Sadducees? The leaven. What's that? Well, leaven is used in bread, right? And that's why the automatic response is, well, he's talking about bread. But now look at the next verse, 12. Then they understood that he did not tell them to beware of the leaven of bread, but of the doctrine, of the doctrine, of the doctrine of the Pharisees and Sadducees. Yes, Christ used language, and not all of us seem to be able to understand Christ because we already have preconceived notions. My message is beware of false prophets. Beware of the leaven of false prophets, the doctrines of the false prophets. By their fruits you shall know them. If they teach not according to the Bible, then God is not in them. If they don't teach the word of God, or further, even worse, if they claim that God gave them a vision, God gave them a dream, God gave them a word, and God did not give it to them, they are not of God, and they aren't working for Christ, they're working for Satan. Am I clear enough on that? Oh, be offended all you want, but I will not change my message because you are offended. Let me be abundantly clear. As a minister of the gospel of Christ, I will never change my message because it offends anybody. As long as the message is directly from the word of God, I must teach it. But I teach it in love. No hatred, no love lost. Do I hear amen? Let me tell you something, church. God is looking for people like that. God is looking for men and women who are going to stand resolute, uncompromisingly steadfast to the word of God, especially in these crazy, chaotic, confused times we now live in. Amen? So, beware of false prophets. Why? Well, you know that before Christ died, crucified, in Matthew 24, you know, he warned his disciples of false prophets. Why would Christ do that? Let's go to Matthew 24. Matthew 24, verse 9. Matthew 24. <coughs> Matthew 24, verse 9. Here we go. Amazing. The whole Bible is to be taken. Again, this, this Jesus that people say is all about love. Remember, you're right. He's about love. He's about love and truth. Love and truth. Amen? This Jesus... Who, oh, sweet little baby Jesus, away in a manger, no place for his head, asleep on the hay and all that stuff, and all that good stuff. Listen, that's not the Jesus I know right now, okay? The Jesus I know is not lying in a manger with some swaddling cloths. The Jesus I know is sitting at the right hand of God the Father, and he's about to come back here and give this earth a whipping. Hallelujah. Somebody say praise the Lord. A real whipping. Get your life right with God now. Hallelujah. Matthew 24, Matthew 24, verse 9. Then, so answering the questions regarding his coming and, and the destruction of the temple, the, the answer was a 2,000-year-long answer. There's a first part and there's a second part. Look at the second part of the answer. Then they will deliver you up to tribulation and kill you. Disciples, you're going to be killed. What? You're going to be killed. He's speaking to his disciples. Jesus didn't say, then they will um, come to you and give you all their money and make you rich so that you will have whatever your hearts desire. 
He said, they will kill you. They will kill you. Now, that's not a very attractive message for you to follow, would you say? Can you imagine you came to Jesus and said, um, oh, Lord, I want to follow you. What will it cost me? Uh, it might cost you your life. <laughs> Goodbye. Let me find somebody else. Oh, I thought you were going to give me all the money I wanted. No, sorry. Wrong, wrong, mess, wrong messenger. Are we listening, anybody? So Jesus said, not Pastor Jailal, Jesus said, they will deliver you up to tribulation and kill you, and you will be hated. You will be what? Hated. No, no, no. I think some people read it. You will be loved and venerated. You will be adored. You will become the head, another tail. You will have the power to name it and claim it. You will have the power to declare and, de declare and decree. You will have the power to, to bring down a government, and you put up your own government. It's not what Jesus said. He said, you will be hated for my name's sake. You will be hated by all nations for my name's sake. This obviously was not just a, a message to Jews. Jews, it had to be to believers in Christ, right? All nations, all nations. At the time that Jesus was making this prophecy, the United States of America didn't exist as we know it today. Today we live in the USA, so, as historians believe, the greatest nation ever formed in terms of financial power, military power, and whatever else. And this nation is about to collapse. Yeah, the false prophets will tell you otherwise. I'll come to them in a short while. Okay. They, you, for my name's sake, verse 10, and many will be offended. How many? Many will be offended. Uh-huh. Are you offended? That's Okay. Christ, I'm in a good company, Christ offended many. Many will be offended and will betray one another. Can you imagine that? That is happening right now. Hey, um, governor, whoever, or mayor, whoever, I have a church member here who came into my church and didn't wear a mask. Come and arrest him. Betray one another. Betray. You know, there are Christians who hate Christians because some Christians wear masks and some don't. Can you imagine this is America and we have Christian churches who have come to that point? You call yourselves Christians? Shame on you! Where is the love of God? Where is the love of God? Let me be very clear on this point. You want to wear a mask, please wear. Wear a hundred if you want. You can wear a whole space suit from your head to your toe. Don't tell me to wear a mask. And don't tell me because I don't wear one, I don't love. You're talking nonsense. Um, anybody got my point? <laughs> I hope you did. Okay. So many, verse 11, then many false prophets will rise up. Now, brethren, watch me carefully. Jesus didn't say, then a few false prophets will rise up and deceive few. Let me read it. I'm reading from the NKJV. Then many false prophets will rise up and deceive many. That's a prophecy. That's a prophecy, church. And because lawlessness will abound, the love of many will wax gold. Do you see lawlessness across the land today? And do you see the lawlessness being approved by and sanctioned by people in authority? Governments? Governments? Do you see how churches now in America are being persecuted? Then they are, the, they are the targets of attack by the secular authorities, even by 
false brethren within the church. Don't forget that Paul himself said he suffered the perils of false brethren. False brethren. So there are many Christians who are false. They don't have Christ. They don't have the Holy Spirit. Are we understanding? Oh, everything. Oh, I talk to people and they say, everything will get back fine. Everything is going to be great. Where did you get that prophecy from? It's not in my book. It's not in the Bible. All right, let's watch. Let's watch. People don't want the, See, there are people who have itching ears. That's the problem, itching ears. That's why Paul warned about. Paul, so Jesus gave us a warning. Paul, the greatest apostle to the Gentiles, gave us a warning. Here's what he said in 2 Timothy chapter 4. I'll read it. I know it's going to take some time, but I, I want this message. I believe this message is urgent and critical. We are living in the last days, and I mean that definitely. I don't mean like maybe. I mean absolutely so. The world has never been like this ever. The whole world. The whole world. Every nation on the earth. Something's wrong. But something is very wrong because something good is about to happen. Amen. Hallelujah. 2 Timothy, here we go. 2 Timothy, this is the Bible. This is the Word of God. I believe the Bible. I believe the Word of God. What about you? Chapter 4, verse 1 to verse 5. Here is what Paul said to Timothy. Paul, writing to his protege, Timothy. He said, Timothy, I charge you therefore before God. I charge you, Timothy, before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, God the Father and God the Son, who will judge the living and the dead at his appearing and his kingdom preach the word timothy preach the word be ready in season and out of season convince rebuke exhort convince rebuke exhort convince rebuke exhort with all long suffering and teaching don't pamper them don't say oh the lord just loves you so much he wants to give you everything your heart desires in this life. You can have your best life now. It's all going to work out. Just sing some more hallelujah choruses. Oh, it's stump your feet a few more times and speak in some tongues. And everything is going to be so good. America will be healed. And we will be the head and the tail, another tail. And we're going to see all the blessings of the Lord are going to just flow upon you. I, I proclaim it in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Somebody do a, a dance. Hallelujah. Praise God. Look, you could dance all you want. You could pray all you want. You could praise all you want. If you're not speaking from God's word, you're a liar. Do I hear amen? amen. Oh, I know some of you are already hating me. I enjoy hatred, by the way. <laughs> I know that sounds funny to you. If I'm hated for God's preaching God's word, I'm fine. I am fine. I, I, in fact, I, I rejoice. I rejoice when people hate me for speaking God's word and truth. I love everybody. Even those who want to kill me. Do I amen? Amen? It's God's way. So, now here's what, he, here's what Paul warned. For the time will come, the time will come, Paul warned Timothy, the time will come, so then it hadn't come yet fully, but the time will come when they, the church people, will not endure sound doctrine they will not but according to their own desires own desires isn't that carnal the flesh according to their own desires look 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 because they have itching ears 
Tell me what I want to hear, sir. Pastor, tell me what I want to hear. Do you have a word for me, Pastor? What did the Lord speak to you? Oh, sister, the Lord spoke to me this morning about you. I remember that. And the Lord said he's going to pour you out a blessing that you don't have room to receive it. I could do that, you know. That's as easy as one, two, three. Take a few scriptures, string them together, and make it apply to anybody. The Lord said to you, brother, what, pastor, what does the Lord say? Oh, brother, I'm so glad you asked. The Lord spoke to me this morning about you. He says he has a plan for that. You're going to get married. You're going to get a, a, a six, a, a, a job, a six-figure paying job, and you're going to have a great life and five children. Hallelujah. Somebody praise the Lord. Make sure you fill up the offering plates, people. Today, the Lord said to me, if you all give $1,000 each, he's going to give you anything your heart desires. Hello. Let me check my offering here. Normally, it's about $5, sometimes 10 Look, right now, look. Uh, just do something here. See, this is the offering basket here. I have $2 here so far. And uh, actually, my son put these $2 when he walked in. Thank you, son. I really appreciate that. I'm being kind of hilarious with you to make a point because I know that uh, all of you here give, all right, and thank God for that. But, but I don't come berating you for not giving, not Really, you give, that's up to you, between you and the Lord, amen? But I'll tell you one thing, I will preach the word of God. I will preach the word of God. I will preach the word of God as long as God gives me a mind and a brain and a mouth. <laughs> and the opportunity, of course. Hallelujah. Praise God. So back to 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 3. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but according to their own desires, but they have itching ears. They will heap up for themselves teachers. So in other words, there's coming a time, Paul was saying to Timothy, when people will want to listen to those teachers and those pastors and those prophets who make them feel good about themselves. Who will not rebuke. Who will not correct. Who will just make you feel good. Amen. Did Pastor Jailal say that? No. Pastor Paul said it. I believe Pastor Paul Amen. Verse 4, and they will turn their ears away from the truth. Brethren, this is a prophecy. They will turn their ears away from the truth. I don't want to hear about, I don't want to hear about sin. I don't want to hear about repentance. I don't want to hear about suffering. I don't want to hear about pain. Just tell me about how God wants to bless my life. For all of you Christians out there listening to me with a heavy heart, let me tell you something. Have you been to India? Have you been to Pakistan? Have you been to Vietnam? I have been there. Have you been to any country where Christians suffer? Have you been to China? Have you been to North Korea? Have you been to any countries in Africa where, where Christians are killed? You haven't been there? Well, go. Take a flight and go. Spend a week and come back. And your theology will change. A few days ago, a pastor friend of mine in India sent me a video. Well, three minutes long. It was about a pastor in Orissa. He was dragged on the streets by the people there, non-Christians that wouldn't even identify their religion, don't want to make any trouble for anybody. Dragged by the streets, dragged on the street. And he was stumped to death. Men jumping on this pastor while his body lay in the street, punched. Punch fist to fist until blood was oozing out of his face, his head. I guess he's not the head. 
I guess God didn't promise him um, wealth untold in this life. I guess that wasn't his best life now. Look, don't give me your baloney, people. Don't give me baloney. I've been there. I've been around. I've seen with my eyes. I know what Christians go through. I am sick and tired of false prophets in America. And you Christians need to wake up and tell these false prophets who they are, that they are false. Rather than swallow their lies because you have itching ears. Paul said you, they will turn their ears away from truth and be turned aside to fables. But you, Timothy, warning Timothy, be watchful in all things. Watch. Watch. Endure afflictions. Endure afflictions? You mean there are afflictions, Paul? You, are you kidding me, Paul? You mean being a pastor means afflictions? Um, sorry to say, Timothy, yes. Endure afflictions. Do the work of an evangelist. Fulfill your ministry. Are we understanding? Are we understanding? And that's, you know, I could preach on that right now for the next five hours. I don't have time. I could go to Peter, but Peter warns about in the last days the false prophets who will arise and deceive many. And he says, by covetousness, they will exploit you with their words. By covetousness, you wonder what that means? Money, money, money. You know, politicians and clergymen and businessmen, everybody really. What's the number one goal today? Money. When you see a man or woman who is after money, you know they're not after God. When you see people who always talk about money, 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 everything is money, they are not after the heart of God. They're after themselves. Are you understanding? Are you sure? Now let's go. I'm going to show you something from the Old Testament. I want to connect something with the Old Testament because I can go on forever. In the light of these New Testament scriptures I've just used, I want to add some more flesh, more meaning, more details, so that you will have more clarity on the subject of beware of false Apostles, false prophets, sorry. Um, the prophet Jeremiah. I'm going to give you a little background to Jeremiah. You'll see how amazingly relevant Jeremiah is to today's America and the world for that matter. Jeremiah was called into the prophetic ministry in the year 626 BC. 626 BC. Listen well. 626 years before Christ, Jeremiah was called into the prophetic ministry. He was called by Jehovah God, Yahweh, to do what? To a prophecy to the nation of Judah. Judah was the southern kingdom. By the time he was called in 626 BC, the northern kingdom, Israel, had already been taken into captivity. That was by the Assyrians in the year 721 BC. Understand this. Get the history. The kingdom had separated into two. The northern kingdom, Israel, and the southern kingdom, Judah. The northern kingdom had failed to repent. So God, God, the God of Israel, allowed the Assyrians to take them into captivity. And for another hundred years, God sent prophet after prophet after prophet after prophet to Judah, the southern kingdom. And he warned them, repent, 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 or else, repent, or else, repent, or else. Jeremiah comes along, what God calls him. And God gave Jeremiah a message, not a good one. In fact, when God called Jeremiah, God gave Jeremiah a warning. Basically, God said, Jeremiah, I have called you to be a prophet to the nation of Judah. 
it will not be an easy task. I want to warn you in advance. If you think it will be a bed of roses, peaches and cream and ice cream and, and donuts <laughs> and um, dark coffee, which, <laughs> no, no. Jeremiah, the job I've called you to do will cost you a lot. Will you do it? Let's go to Jeremiah chapter 1. Some of us, all of us need to know this New Old Testament example. It will touch your heart. I, 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 one of these good days, if the Lord tarries, I will do an entire Bible study series on Jeremiah, chapter by chapter, verse by verse. You're going to be amazed how relevant it is today. I want to give you the introduction, so we go to Jeremiah chapter 1. Jeremiah chapter 1. I can't explain everything because of time, but I, I have to lay a foundation for the prophecy. Jeremiah 1 verse 1. The words of Jeremiah, the son of Hilkiah, of the priest who went on a thought, in the land of Benjamin, to whom the word of the Lord came in the days of Josiah, the son of Ammon, king of Judah, in the thirteenth year of his reign. It also came in the days of Jehoiakim, the son of Josiah, king of Judah, until the end of the eleventh year of Zedekiah, the son of Josiah, king of Judah, until the carrying away of Jerusalem, captive in the fifth month. That basically puts the entire narrative in a historical context that's provable. That's why all of these details are preserved. The purpose of preserving these details is not to fill pages, but to give you a historical reference. That's fact. Fact. Not fiction. Not storytelling time. So what was he called to do? Verse 4. Then the word of the Lord came to me, saying... Now, this is the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah, not to Pastor Jay. Uh, many people have take, take Jeremiah chapter 1 to apply to themselves. This is a direct word to Jeremiah, not to you and not to me. All right, let's put this in proper historical and theological perspective so that you can properly exegete and apply the meaning. The word of the Lord came to me saying, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I sanctified you. I ordained you a prophet to the nations. You know, I've heard pastors say that and claim that, that God ordained them to be a prophet to the nations. Which one? Which nation? That's misapplication of the word of God. This is a specific prophecy to Jeremiah. Jeremiah, before you were born, I already ordained you to be a prophet to the nations. Hallelujah. I had to teach a man this once who called himself a prophet in a certain country, and he quoted this and said, when did God give you that calling? What, do you have a date? Tell me when, when this happened. You just apply to yourself because you want to apply to yourself. Which nations are you prophesying to? Which ones? Your congregation? No, I don't think so. Uh, you see, when, when it comes to biblical theology, all of you know this, and I'm going to say this again. Don't just take the, something out of context and possess it as if it is yours. If you do that, then the Bible says anything to anybody. Right? So Jeremiah is given a specific commission, and God is warning him in advance of the consequences of saying yes. <laughs> then I said, Ah, Lord God, behold, I can't speak, for I am but a youth. But the Lord said to me, uh, 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 Hold it. Don't say I am a youth. For you shall go to all whom I send you. And, next verse, watch, same verse. And whatever I command you, you shall speak. Hold on, hold on. Jeremiah, listen. Whatever I, God, Jehovah, 
command you, that's what you speak. You don't speak a vision from your own head. You must speak exactly what I told you to speak. A lot of us Christians need to know that. You see, if you're speaking for God, be sure that God spoke those words. Amen? Amen. So, next, verse 8. Do not be afraid of their faces, for I am with you to deliver you. What's he delivering Jeremiah from? <laughs> uh, Jeremiah, the bad news is this. You are going to be hated. If you think your people will love you, you better think again, because Jeremiah, your own people will hate you, and they will try to kill you. Because they don't want to hear what I will tell you to preach to them. So Jeremiah, you're in for a rough ride. But don't worry. I will be with you. <laughs> Hallelujah. Somebody say praise the Lord. Wow. Are we understanding this? Everybody out there in social media world and in the live audience. I will deliver you. Then the Lord put forth his hand and touched my mouth. And the Lord said to me, Behold, I have put my words in your mouth. So, so to speak, symbolically, literally, I don't know. It doesn't matter. I get the message. God touched his mouth. And there was a transfer. There was a transfer from God's mind to, to Jeremiah's mind. So his mouth would speak the words of God. Amen? I have put my words, my words, in your mouth. See, I have set this day... See, I have this day set you over the nations and over the kingdoms to root out and to pull down, to destroy and to throw down, to build and to plant. Now, you want to take that and apply it to you? Some do. This was a mission given to Jeremiah. Wasn't given to you. Unless God actually spoke those words to you. Actually spoke those words to you. In which case, then I will have to say, okay, well, fine. But then I'll have to see the fruit, right? Okay, so Jeremiah begins his ministry. Yeah, this was a special anointing given to Jeremiah by the great Jehovah God. It wasn't based on, um, hey, people of Judah, I just feel called to be a prophet today. And I have a word for you from the Lord. No, no, no. God specifically called him, anointed him, and commissioned him. Do I hear amen? A specific calling. Amen, amen. Judah was in decline because of sin. Judah, remember the background, Judah was a nation in decline because of sin and apostasy. God gave Jeremiah a tough job. He said, go and tell them what I'm telling you. Warn them that if they don't repent, I will destroy them. Don't go speaking words of comfort to them. Don't go telling them there will be safety and security and prosperity if they don't repent. You know, a lot of people today want a message of safety, security, and prosperity, but don't tell me repent. In other words, I want safety, I want security, I want prosperity, but I also want the liberty to live my life the way I want. That's why these mega pastors are mega pastors, most of them are, because they don't preach repentance. Are you with me now? If they preach sin and repentance, they will lose 90% of the congregation. I'm just being... Funny here to make a point. Beware of false prophets. So what happens? Well, God told Jeremiah his plans. God, God told Jeremiah God's plans. <laughs> wow. Look, Jeremiah 21. You don't like these plans. The people of Judah didn't like these plans. 
Jeremiah 21, verse 1. The word which came to Jeremiah from the Lord, from whom the Lord, when King Zedekiah sent to him Pashur, the son of Melchiah, and Zephaniah, the son of Masiah, a lot of Ayah here, you know, Isaiah, Jeremiah, you know, it's okay. The priest saying, please, now watch, watch this. The king said, please inquire, what's the message from the Lord? Please inquire of the Lord for us, for Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, makes war against us. So Nebuchadnezzar had risen to power. The Assyrian Empire was crushed already. The Babylonians had defeated them, and now the Babylonians were on the rise. And Judah was aware that their days were numbered. Judah became aware their days were numbered. Now you would think if you're aware your days are numbered, you would repent in sackcloth and ashes, right? Are you with me? Hey, it's like the Americans today. Yeah, you know, things are bad, but don't worry. We will, God, heal America. No, God will not be healing America. I have a word for you from the word of God. God will not heal any nation if that nation refuses to repent. Show me in the Bible where God has healed any nation without repentance. It has never happened. It never will. But a false prophet comes along and says, Oh, God said to tell you that everything is going to be okay. Just relax and pray and send your money while you're praying. <laughs> okay. God had promised destruction. Look at this. Look at this. Jer verse 3. 21, chapter 21, verse 3. Jeremiah said to them, so Jeremiah sends a message back to the king. Jeremiah sends a message to the king. The king doesn't like this message. Thus you shall say to Zedekiah, Thus says the Lord God of Israel, Behold, I will turn back the weapons of war that are in your hands, with which you fight against the king of Babylon and the Chaldeans who besiege you outside the walls. And I will assemble them in the midst of this city. I myself, verse 5, you don't like this verse. The Judah, Judah didn't like this verse. I myself will fight against you. I, your God, Jehovah says, will fight against you with an outstretched hand and with a strong arm, even in anger and fury and great wrath. Wow. You read the rest of that chapter, God basically said, I will not spare and I will not pity. Your destruction is now fixed. I've sent to you all these prophets over all these hundreds of years and you failed to listen. I have determined now that you will be destroyed. So, with that, we go to the most amazing chapter, chapter 23. Now, remember, we are breaking into a story flow, okay? So, I can't go through every verse because time does not permit. I want to get to the point about the true prophet versus the false prophet. Watch and tremble. Verse 9, Jeremiah writes, My heart within me is broken because of the prophets. Because of whom? The prophets. I wonder why. All my bones shake. I am like a drunken man, and like a man whom wine has overcome because of the Lord and because of his holy words. For the land is full of adulterers. Oh, that's so mean of you, Jeremiah. <laughs> you call us adulterers. The land is full of adulterers, for because of a curse the land mourns, the pleasant places of the wilderness are dried up. Their course of life is evil and their might is not right. 
and their might. He was a poet, huh? he didn't know it. Poet. Their might is not right. Verse 11, watch. For both prophet and priest are profane. The prophet and the priest. Wow. The prophet who is supposed to speak the words of God as a prophet and the priest who is supposed to minister. Both the priest and the prophet are profane. These are religious people in the land of Judah. And God sends a message through Jeremiah. Say, tell them the prophet and the priest are profane. Look at America today. The prophet, the priest, the politician, and the professor, and the psychologist, and they're all profane. And yet we have false prophets saying, um, God is going to heal the land end of July. Really? No. End of August? No. End of September? No. End of any month? I don't know. That's God's business. He didn't give me a word, but here's what I do know. If he had given a word to some pastors, and that time passed, as has passed, and God didn't fulfill that word, then that word wasn't from God. That word was from that man. Therefore, that man who gave that word is not a prophet of God, but a false prophet. Kind of logic, a little, little common sense that apparently many Christians don't have anymore because many Christians are not skilled in the word of God anymore. They're more skilled in television. Verse 11, for both prophet and priest are profane. Yes, in my house, in my house, I have found their wickedness, says the Lord. Therefore, their ways shall be to them like slippery ways. In the darkness, they shall be driven and fall on them. For I, God, will bring disaster on them. Uh, beloved, if God has determined to bring disaster upon a land, you think a false prophet can change it? God has a schedule. God has a timetable. America, wake up. This land has been a land of sin and more sin, abounding in sin. We are a nation of murderers and adulterers. We are a nation of sexually immoral people. And we are a nation where money is a god. We are a nation where children's lives are being sacrificed on the altar of pedophilia and money. And you have pastors, false prophets saying, God is going to heal the land. God is not going to heal America. Unless there's a repentance across the land from sea to shining sea. Black and white and every race in between. I will bring disaster on them. The year of your punishment, says the Lord. I have seen folly in the prophets of Samaria. They prophesied by Baal. They caused my people Israel to err in reference to what happened to the northern kingdom. Also, I've seen a horrible thing in the prophets of Jerusalem. They commit adultery and walk in lies. They strengthen the hands of evildoers. They strengthen the hands of evildoers. Think of the USA. They strengthen the hands of the evildoers so that no one turns back from his wickedness. All of them are like Sodom to me and the inhabitants like Gomorrah. You don't like Pastor Jay? That's fine. You don't like Jeremiah either? That's fine. Then you don't like God either. You get my drift? These are the words of the living God to Jeremiah concerning the land of Judah. Now where does the, where does the false prophet fit in? Well, why, let's go further. Watch, go, let's go further. Verse 15. Therefore, thus says the Lord of hosts concerning the, the prophets, concerning the prophets, 
Concerning who? So now God has a word for the prophets. The ones who are the false prophets. Watch. Behold, I will feed them with a worm word and make them drink the water of gall. And that really is a bitter death. Drinking wormwood and gall is poison. God is saying, I will feed them with poison. Why? For the prophets of Jerusalem, profaneness has gone out into all the land. Where is the holy? I ask America today, where is your holiness? Holiness, Pastor Jay, what's that? You don't know what it is, and you don't know the Bible, right? But you say you, you worship God. Where is the holiness? Verse 16, therefore thus says the Lord, do not listen to the words of the prophets who prophesy to you. Do not listen to the words of the prophets who prophesy to you. They make you worthless. They speak a vision of their own heart, not from the mouth of the Lord. There are many who have gone out into the highways and the byways, and they say, I have a word from the Lord. They speak a vision from their heart. My God says, don't listen to them. Are we listening? Is God speaking? I don't think Jeremiah would have gone there and say, uh, let, let me be funny. Hey, guys, can we have a little, little, chit, a little fireside chat now? Let's sit down here over some coffee and some donuts and let's talk. You know, God, was, God is very upset with you guys and he's angry. I think you should repent. But, you know, I'm sure if you, you maybe pass me some money, I'll try and do, see what I could do for you, you know. If you give me a little extra dollar, maybe I could work it out. I don't think so. I think Jeremiah went like a, a bull. I think he went out there and said, let me tell you what Jehovah says. That says the Lord God of Israel. You better do this or else. And they said, oh yeah? Who do you think you are, huh? Psh. Yeah. People don't, I have never seen such arrogance and pride as I have seen in this land. I'm telling you, as one who has traveled the world, when I, whenever in times past, now I can't travel, but in times past, whenever I've done international ministry and been to countries in Africa and Asia, so inspired, so filled and motivated by God, I come back, I touch American soil, and I come back to the churches here and listen to the garbage they speak. Lord, help us. Lord, help us. And yet, millions of people still listen. And still listen. What does God say? Do not listen, Jeremiah. Tell them, do not listen to the words of the prophets who prophesy to you. They speak a vision of their own heart. No, not from the mouth of God. They continually say to those who despise me. They say to your people who despise me, to the Jews who despise me. The false prophets say, here's what the false prophets said. The Lord has said you shall have peace. And to everyone who walks according to the dictates of his own heart, they say, no evil shall come upon you. You people out there, you hate God, but God says, don't worry, you will have peace. You will have prosperity, you will have security, you will have health, 
You can do anything you want. It's okay. God's grace will cover everything, and you will be fine, and you will still go to heaven, and you will have a great time. You, you know, you can become, uh, you can c kill all the babies you want. You can become a pedof pedof pedophile. You can get involved with the LGBT, ABCDEF movement. You can get into Antifa. You can do uh, the rest of the stuff. You name it. It's okay. It's all good. It's all good. It's all good because God loves us all. How sweet. Let's all sing Kumbaya, Lord. Kumbaya, my Lord. Kumbaya. <laughs> oh, yes. America. Repent or your days are over. World, repent or your days are over. God has spoken in his word. There's coming a time when the Bible says in the book of Revelation when it will be over and all the nations of the earth will collapse. Because the nations of the world have refused the word of God. And I will not bring you an easy message because that Jeremiah was given a rough job to do. He preached the words of God because he didn't care whether people loved him or hated him. That was irrelevant. He was concerned about being faithful to the job and the task of the one who gave it to him. Hallelujah. Somebody say praise the Lord. No hate, that's love. Verse um, 18. But who has stood in the counsel of the Lord? Um, because of time, let me drop to verse 21. <coughs> I have not sent these prophets, yet they ran. I have not sent these prophets, yet they ran. I have not spoken to them, yet they prophesied. Did God really tell Pastor so-and-so that he was going to end COVID-19 at the end of March? No. Because if God had then God would have done it, right? Are you with me? Can, can, whatever God speaks, he will bring to pass, right? So the man who said COVID-19 was going to end at the end of March has proven by his very words to be a false prophet. I share that with people and they hate me for that. Hate me all you want, brother. Hate me all you want, sister. I will not change my opinion of a man who has proven by his words he's false. Do I hear amen? Do I hear amen? Do I really hear amen? Praise the Lord. Unless he repents and he goes back on national television and said, people of the world, I sinned against my God. I lied to you. Yeah. Listen up. God speaks. God said, I, I didn't send them. I didn't send that man. I didn't send those prophets. I didn't speak to them, yet they prophesied. If they had stood in my counsel, verse 22, if they had stood in my counsel and had caused my people to hear my words, look, look the results. What would have been the results? If the prophets were sent by God, here is what the results would have been. If they had stood in my counsel and had caused my people to hear my words, then they would have turned them from the evil way and from the evil of their doings. Verse 25, let's go on down. I've got to run, I've got to finish up this. I don't want to finish. I want to keep speaking forever here. <laughs> I have heard what the prophets have said who prophesy lies in my name, saying, I have dreamed, I have dreamed 
How long will this be in the heart of the prophets who prophesy lies? Indeed, they are prophets of the deceit of their own heart, who try to make my people forget my name by their dreams, which everyone tells his neighbor as their fathers forgot my name for Baal. Verse 30, therefore I, behold, I am against the prophet, says the Lord, who steal my words, everyone from his neighbor. Behold, I'm against the prophets. Verse uh, 32, I did not send them or command them, therefore they shall not profit this people at all, says the Lord. Beloved, I can go on and on, chapter 23, I don't need to. Have you gotten the point yet? Okay, so what's the relevance, you say? Well, here's the relevance. The people did not heed Jeremiah. God said, Jeremiah, at this point, don't even preach it. It's over. In 605 B.C., King Nebuchadnezzar invaded Judah, and the destruction of Judah began. In 586 B.C., to be exact, 586 B.C., Nebuchadnezzar's armies entered the city of Jerusalem, burned the city down, and destroyed the first temple. The temple they trusted in. Who could touch our temple? Who could touch Jerusalem? God says, I'll show you who could. I will send somebody to do it. Today, America is besieged by sin, plagued by sin. COVID-19, whatever, COVID-20, whatever, whatever, that's irrelevant to me. What is relevant is this. Our land is sick from the head to the toe. And the pastors and the men of God, the men and women of God, who should be preaching repentance and modeling a lifestyle of holiness, instead of preaching repentance and modeling holiness, they are preaching a false message. They're prophesying falsely, and they're saying, the Lord said, the Lord said, the Lord said, and that America will rise again. America will not rise again. You want it to rise again? Let the whole nation repent. Is that going to happen? I don't think so. I don't think so. All these arguments, let me tell you something. Listen up, people. Listen up. Listen up. All these other things, the digressions, black lives matter, and white lives matter, and green lives matter, etc. All of those things are little digressions. Huh. They're taking you away from God's word. And a lot of Christians fall for this nonsense. Shame on you. Uh, don't you have eyes to see, eyes to see, and ears to hear, and brains to understand, and hearts to grasp what God is doing, and what the devil is doing? America is under a curse because of the sin of the land abounds and is growing and is legalized and is approved by the highest authorities. And pastors don't want to tell Americans, wake up, repent, change your stinking life. You could dance, you could shout, you could scream, you could do whatever you want. There is no healing of the land unless there's repentance. And since there is no repentance, there is no healing. So simple, so simple. Why didn't the prophets stop? If these prophets were of God, watch me now. <laughs> if these prophets in the days of Jeremiah were of God, why didn't they stop King Nebuchadnezzar? Why didn't they stand up around the temple and say, King Nebuchadnezzar, I defy you in the name of God? Guess what? God would have said, you have the power to defy King Nebuchadnezzar. I sent him to destroy you. You think you're David? 
Goliath, I defy you in the name of... David was a man of God. There's a difference. When you're a man of God, when you're holy, and you're walking in righteousness, you have power. If you don't honor God, you have no spiritual power. Hallelujah. Do I hear praise the Lord? Behold, God is about to do what people don't want him to do. Now, I want to close by saying, do you think I really want to see any nation fall? No. I'm an American. Do, you want to see, do I want to see this country fall? No, but I didn't make it fall. I didn't proclaim its fall. The nation itself has turned away from God. The whole nation, basically, the leaders. Oh, uh, that doesn't mean every single person. Of course not. But in general, the nation is going further and further and further and further away from God. We are morally adrift, and we have no compass. We have nobody at the steering. The devil is reeling us like a dead fish, pulling us in. And church members, people who have churches, don't wake up and realize where we are. Wake up, church! Wake up, America! It's time for us to get ready for the return of the Messiah, for Messiah is coming back. The rapture will take place any moment. Any moment. There is no need for any sign to occur. The rapture can happen right now. Hallelujah. When the rapture takes place and the church is beamed up, the devil will have full authority, unrestricted authority, to use the beast, to use the globalists, to use whomever he wants, and God will let it happen. And all mankind will learn, will learn that without God, we are nothing. But you and I will be up there with the Lord, getting ready to return, to save the world from itself. After seven years of hell on this earth, especially the last three and a half years. Beloved in the Lord, I hope this message touches you today and your heart is touched and moved in some way positively and you will turn to God and you will repent and you will share this with others via Facebook or whatever media and let people know that the time has come. God's judgment has come. Get ready for Jesus Christ and get ready for the most important thing ever. Very soon, the kingdom of God will reign over all the nations of the earth and there'll be peace and prosperity and security and safety and no more face masks and no more vaccinations. Jesus is everything we need. Jesus is everything we need. Jesus is all that we need. Hallelujah. Blessed be the name of the Lord. May the Lord be with you. Have a great week. In Jesus' name, amen and amen and amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. All right, I think I'm alive. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. <clears throat> now I could go to sleep. <laughs> uh, what's next? I think we have um, a song. And then, yeah, song. Where is the bulletin? Yes, a song. Then the offering, then some prayer time. Yeah. Okay, my voice is gone. <laughs> wow. To God be the glory.